0: From the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files.
1: Seattle's morning news. Good morning. I'm Colleen O'Brien, along with Dave Ross and Chris Sullivan. Monica Guzman, she is a Seattle-based author, also the director of digital and storytelling for Braver Angels. This is a nonprofit, (laughs) get this, working to depolarize America. What a heavy lift, but Monica's just the person to do it. Good morning, Monica.
2: Good morning, Colleen.
1: I mean, talk to me about that heavy lift, depolarizing America. How do you even begin?
2: Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. It is definitely a a tall order. And and I too have chuckled when (laughs) when I say what Braver Angels does. What's marvelous about it is that it's happening and it's working. Braver Angels has uh, 50,000 subscribers all across the country. We have 74 local chapters in cities and towns across the country, including here in Seattle. And how it works is we have workshops, we have forums, we have ways to get Democrats and Republicans liberals conservatives and also libertarians centrists you know red blue and purple the whole spectrum together so that they can see each other so that they can approach each other and not necessarily have the image of, in their minds that many of you know the signals that we get in media and from frankly a very anxious time tell us about who people are and what they believe people get together and find out on an individual basis and what they tend to to do is is learn something from the exchange.
1: And how do you even get them in the door? Because I imagine those who are comfortable in polarized times don't want to open their hearts and minds to somebody who disagrees with them. How do you get them in the door, Monica?
2: Oh, that's, that's, that's a, very true. Um, but what I would say is this, that You know, we we may be comfortable in polarized times in some ways. Um, We're certainly comfortable when we're gathered in groups uh, of people who agree with us and feel really assured, you know, that there's no need to ask questions about other perspectives. But I I think that the truth is a little bit, you know, murkier and deeper, which is that a lot of us are very uncomfortable. Um, We are breaking ties with our friends, we are breaking ties with relatives and our family, and we're walking around trying to pretend that it doesn't matter. As much as it probably does, and I, frankly, I mean, I've met a lot of folks through Braver Angels and beyond. We're heartbroken. We are broken. There, there is something really wrong when we we look at our neighbors in this in these suspicious ways, and you know, we we have these images of our fellow Americans basically wanting to undermine what 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 we're all about, and so that I think is is primarily what pulls people in. Is is one by one, folks kind of get to a point of saying enough. I can't. This isn't working. This can't work. We have to find a better way.
0: Are you attracting the right people? I mean, have you ever come across somebody who's a complete troll online when they're anonymous, but they get into a room and they see people face to face and suddenly they become a pussycat?
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. The trolls online obviously exist and they are extremely aggravating and harmful. The thing is, because of how loud they can be and how much their voices get amplified, all the rest of us begin to believe that most people are trolls. And the truth is just the opposite. It is a very, very small percentage of actual human beings who are bad actors, who hold beliefs and have conversations in bad faith. And so every workshop that I've seen at Braver Angels, now granted, of course, people have to be curious enough to wanna come to show up, sure. But every workshop I've seen, I always think, Oh, my gosh, is this the one where the trolls are really going to show up? Is this the one where someone's going to be a, a bad actor and really disrupt? And it, it keeps not happening because <laughs> it, it, instead what happens is that everybody comes in with their suspicions and, and assumes that folks on the other side are going to behave in these ways that they're used to seeing online. And instead what they see is just people.
0: Give me an example of somebody who came in, uh, you know, uh, let, let's say he's a hardcore MAGA guy with a red hat and comes away saying... Oh, I never thought of it that way.
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, yes, well, there, <laughs> yes, we have someone at Braver Angels who is a friend and is really quite a remarkable person uh, who we invited to participate in a debate about the election, uh, a debate about voter fraud. It was very controversial. And this person is, you know, voted for Trump and very much uh, believes that something was wrong with the election, that something is really quite Quite wacky, and came into the debate, and everyone, you know, really heard him and his concerns, and he really heard others and their concerns, and he ended up um, being quite, quite the involved volunteer, um, and he has brought in a lot of folks uh, who share a lot of his concerns into these conversations. Now, he has not changed his mind uh, about the election, and I know that that might be hard. To hear for some listeners but but really ultimately down deep that's not that's not really the point the the point of what we're trying to do at braver angels and even what i'm trying to do with this book is to say can we can we find a way to trust each other can we do that first can we get to a point where we can all be in the same space and hear each other out And and I know that that is extremely risky in a lot of ways, and you have to be very careful, and you have to frame it right. But it's when you bring people into the conversation that you have any chance of actually having folks see each other and each other's perspectives clearly enough to maybe go through a real collective search for truth.
1: Mm, Yeah. Often when we remove the shame from the situation, that's when people open their hearts and minds and perhaps how your uh, friend there was able to hear other people and other people uh, for him. So you did write a book, as you just said, it's called, I never thought of it that way. How to have fearlessly curious conversations in dangerously divided times. So how do you do it, Monica? Give us the secret sauce. (laughs)
2: well the number one thing really is curiosity we think of our curiosity as something that we learn about in kindergarten and something you know that sends us on little rabbit holes or sort of stops us at the bar when we're like who's the guy in that movie you know that guy in that movie let's get curious and look it up on our phones no curiosity is a tool in our thinking that we can aim right at the things we don't understand especially when the things we don't understand are hurting us and right now we're so We're so divided that we're blinded. And so if we can't get curious across divides in a polarized world, I say, we can't see the world at all. And if we can't see the world, how are we gonna solve any of the issues here? How are we gonna keep and build the the relationships that we're gonna need to stay creative um, and get to a better future, Um, not to mention more meaningful lives? So it begins with curiosity and curiosity begins with turning our assumptions into questions. We have a lot of certainty about what other people believe. And we get this certainty based on signals that we see around us. But we have to remember the, the following, that we are sorted into like-minded groups. We other people who seem different from us, even in small ways. And then we are siloed. You know, Thanks to our phones and technologies, it's way too easy to surround ourselves with just the voices that affirm what we already believe. So that to me is an SOS sorting, othering, siloing. It's a, it's a call for help. So we have to remember that, that if, that, that, that we, we come with all these assumptions from these silos, and we're going to have to question them in order to approach each other. And ultimately, you know, everything in this world is people. Everything in this world is about people. And so how can, we, how can we come together again? It's by turning our assumptions into questions. And the book lays out a lot of really powerful questions that you can ask uh, in a conversation across difference, even in a small way, even in a small moment, whether you're on social media or you're in person, it's, it's the small steps uh, at scale that are going to change things.
0: Monica, what happens when somebody's personal identity is wrapped up in who they support or which ideas they choose to believe in
2: it ramps up the level of difficulty on both sides you know it ramps up the le- level of difficulty on their side because the more the more attached any of us are to our beliefs and our ideas the harder it is to peel off from them enough to truly be able to consider other perspectives or even accept that other valid perspectives may exist. So that's problem number one. Um, problem number two, of course, is that certainty is the arch villain of curiosity. And often when we are very identified with our beliefs, we it translates into a kind of certainty that there can really only be one way to look at the world. So that makes it harder for us to connect. Now, on the other hand, we identify with our beliefs because there's a lot of high stakes things happening right now and there's a lot of really powerful and wonderful movements and and struggles, you know? The issue is that, again, a lot of those struggles are happening in silos. Um, They're happening in places where certain groups of people all kind of get it, but then everyone else kind of doesn't because we're not interacting, we're not connecting. And so unless we build some of that glue back into our society. Uh, We're going to keep spinning off in some directions that are going to make it hard, frankly, to to even have a country at all.
1: What started to peel back the glue? Is it technology?
2: Ah, um, what started to what started to peel off the glue? Technology certainly didn't help. Um, Technology made it, again, all too easy for us to default to some of our psychological instincts to be around ideas that, uh, that make sense to us that assure us uh, and also there's there's a great deal of comfort um, that anyone gets when we feel that we belong to a group. That we know who we are and who we are not. you know who we know who we're with and who we're against. and social media has really amplified those things. Now it's it, you know I, I think about technology and it's easy to blame the technology but but really technology is just a conduit for our own behavior and what this means isn't that it is now impossible. Uh, to connect, it just means that it's going to take some effort and it's going to take some counter programming. Um, and while it sounds really difficult, I, I, I contend that the hardest thing isn't the technology, that the thing that has peeled off the glue isn't so much the technology as the fear. Um, there, there have been some massively disturbing things that have happened <laughs> in our society and reckonings uh, that we have been dealing with for you know, the last five, 10 years, and they've built up in our psyche and, and they have made us very afraid for good reason for good reason and that fear keeps telling us you already know everything you need to know about what other people think so stay safe stay here Mm. don't don't travel and in fact you know we've seen we've seen more and more stories lately about red um you know more conservative zip codes in this country are getting more conservative liberal zip codes in this country are getting more liberal you know people are people are moving (laughs) people are placing themselves around folks Um, you know, who who they believe kind of share their culture and will accept them. So, you know, play that out. Where does that lead us?
1: Mm, Very divided.
0: Yeah, well, not to a good place. But I mean, so for people who are considering participating in one of these sessions, can you assure them they will come out of it feeling better than before? Or will they come out of it feeling as if their entire belief system has been taken from them and now suddenly they're rudderless?
2: Oh, well, you know, I'll say this. Uh, I think that we often think that in the course of one conversation, somebody could really change their minds. And I think that's mostly a fallacy. Um, You know, people's opinions, it's not, (laughs) I think we tend to think that people choose their opinions, um, like you choose, you know, what to eat at a restaurant. But, but really our opinions are, are the result of our experiences. It's the, the, the path we walk in our lives, builds up these values and these experiences that lead us to have certain opinions. So, you know, people come into these sessions with beliefs that they are very attached to whatever they might happen to be, they're gonna go on their own journey. <laughs> there, there's no way to assure anyone uh, of, of what will happen. All of it is internal. Um, but I will say this, if you are curious enough to come to a session. If you are curious enough even to ask one more question uh, across a divide in your own life, then you're already taking a step. You're already demonstrating that your path has led you to a place where where you want this, where you want to see if there's a better way. So that gives me hope that you're already ready to peel off a little bit from whatever certainties you might hold for, for, for the sake of your relationships and for the sake of our society.
1: I think we all want stronger relationships. Well, Monica Guzman, she is the author of I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. Also works for Braver Angels in Seattle. How can people meet you?
2: Oh, my gosh. So we will be at Town Hall on March 22nd. That interview will be with David Horsey, the Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonist at the Seattle Times. So I don't know what to expect, which is exactly what I want. So come and uh, let's let's have fun talking about this.
1: Thank you, Monica.
2: Thank you all.
0: Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form, unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News? You can say, not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.